This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Although it might be offered with the best of intentions, there's a lot of bad financial advice out there. And I think anybody can attest to just watching television, listening to the radio. There's all kinds of stuff out there that you think, oh, that sounds like a good idea. But the good thing about Blair Mountain is that he knows better than a lot of people that when it comes to money matters and dealing with debt, there are an awful lot of pitfalls to avoid. And every day, Sands & Associates talks to people across the province who are looking for debt help and expertise. So, Blair, when offered financial advice, specifically or in general, what's the first thing that you would do? Well, thanks for the question, Elena, and I'm really happy to give a pretty straight answer is the first thing you do if someone tries to give you financial advice is you consider the source. So, you know, sometimes friends and family, they don't give us the best advice, and it could be completely unintentional, but they just might simply not have all the facts. So the number of individuals I have in my office who say, well, you know, my brother told me this, or my sister, or my dad, or, you know, my friend said, you know, there's nothing I can do with tax debt, or my friend said, you know, my wife and my husband, you know, everybody's responsible for everybody's debt. There's just a lot of misconceptions that are out there. So you definitely need to make sure you're getting professional advice. First off, uh, even if there's someone well mean, they just might not have all the insights that are relevant to your specific situation. And if it is coming from a professional that you're getting advice, just make sure, is it the right person to be giving you this advice? You know, a little bit um, jokingly here, but you wouldn't ask your dentist to look at your car, or you wouldn't take your taxes to your doctor. So I'm sometimes surprised uh, the individual that that people do take financial advice from, you know, essentially they might not be aware of a licensed insolvency trustee, but you do need to be aware that there are people that can help you figure out um, how to deal with your debts. And there's other folks that might be well-meaning, might still be part of the financial industry altogether, but would really have no specific idea about insolvency because they've never faced it, or perhaps a client has never faced it. You know, even for myself, I worked with one of the biggest accounting firms uh, in the world for a number of years, and I had no idea about consumer proposals or personal bankruptcies, even though I worked in corporate restructuring. It just wasn't something a part of my day-to-day life. That's only when it impacted me personally. If someone I really cared about had a debt problem, I realized exactly how much I had to learn. And I was already a financial professional with a large accounting firm. So if I really didn't have a good grounding, the average person trying to give you advice, you know, probably doesn't have a very solid grounding and might un- you know, unwittingly, unknowingly, we're sending you down a path that's not the best path for you. And then when you do get this advice or you hear something and then you go online to research it a little bit more, then again, you have to be so careful on where this information is coming from. Yeah, again, it's coming back to consider the source, you know, who's giving you the information and do they have a vested interest? You know, sometimes things can seem too good to be true and it's because they are. There's promises that are being made to you that once you've committed to something or paid some fees, you'll find out there's actually nothing backing those promises up. So definitely consider the source online, even doubly so uh, when it's coming from a, from a person that you might trust. Okay, so let's talk about um, the, the common types of financial professionals that are out there that you might suggest people folks with uh, uh, connect with rather on various money issues or matters. 
exactly. There is the big four of financial professionals that I definitely recommend. You might not need every one of these at every stage in your life. Some people will, but for the most part, it's just really important to be aware of who's out there and what they can do for you. Uh, so number one on our list is a financial planner. So, you know, I often meet with people that are struggling to bridge the gap of their income and their expenses, and they don't have a long-term goal, a long-term view of where they're heading to. And there's the old adage that if you don't know where you're going, any path is going to get you there. And the odds are you're going to end up to, you know, an outcome that's not the, the best one for you. You're not going to have that, you know, stress-free retirement with a whole lot of money put away unless you start pretty early with a financial plan and you make some choices and sometimes they're not that hard of choices but they require a focus um, to help you manage your income and your savings and ensure you're going to have an acceptable standard of living upon retirement so a financial planner i encourage people you know anybody new starting off in the working world to have those meetings early on you know even consider using a robo advisor you know an online financial planner the most important thing is just to start doing it just to start putting money away the best practice is up to 10 percent of your take-home pay saved for long-term growth you're never going to regret um, having that plan in place as early as you can in life. What about an accountant, Blair? How important are they? Well, it depends on your situation. For anybody who is self-employed, an accountant is absolutely critical uh, because, yeah, you can do your own taxes with CRA each year, uh, but there's a reason why accountants do charge the fees that they charge. They've got to be up to date on all of the new legislation every year. Um, they're going to help you negotiate or sorry, navigate, avoid any pitfalls with your tax filings um, and help you get set up right from the start. So if you're self-employed and you're not compliant with CRA, nothing can shut you down more quickly than CRA deciding they're going to start freezing your bank account or they're going to intercept money your clients are paying to you. They can literally choke off your revenue at the source if you're not compliant with CRA on a regular basis. So for most individuals you know, who work a T4 job, who don't have a whole lot of complexity, they may not need an accountant now. They you know, may need one periodically if they're doing significant transactions or something. But for anybody that's self-employed, an accountant should definitely be on your speed dial. It be someone you're checking in with at least a few times during the year. Okay, so number three, and and most uh, most lawyers would say they should be number one, but number three <laughs> is a lawyer. How big a how big a role should they be playing in this? Well, this is definitely not an everyday thing. You know, very few people are going to have a lawyer on retainer all the time, you know, ready to answer any questions for them. I don't think it's someone you need necessarily on your speed dial as much as your accountant if you're self-employed. But if you are going through certain life events, it's definitely the case that getting professional assistance can save you a whole lot of, of heartache and, and pain later than if you try to do things yourself. Um, so a couple of significant things where you would want to get a lawyer involved is at the beginning of a marriage or cohabitation, um, you know, you may want to set out a cohabitation agreement. You may want, to, may want to be really clear about assets, about if the relationship doesn't work out. The time to do that is before you start cohabitating or get married. Uh, also on a separation or a divorce, you know, can you download forms online to try to do it yourself? Yeah, you can. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's the smartest thing to do. Uh, again, there's a lot of intricacies of court practice in BC and your general better served by having a professional work with you. Uh, when you're starting up a business, it can be important for a lawyer if it's an incorporated company to help you do the incorporation correctly. Uh, and then another uh, sort of, you know, planning, if you're thinking about wills and estates, what sort of legacy, um, you know, what should happen if you were to pass unexpectedly, a lawyer is the person that would sit down with you to work through all of those things. So depending on your stage, depending on what significantly, uh, what significant things are happening in your life, a lawyer or somebody for a period of time would be very important, but typically not someone on an ongoing basis you're going to be speaking with all the time because you probably just can't afford to do that. Okay. So let's talk about your Bailey Wick, your warehouse. 
licensed insolvency trustee. So yeah, and it really think. Well, I would agree, Elaine. And of course, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, yeah. I a bit facetiously in that, you know, my issue is there's just not enough people know about a licensed insolvency trustee. So a lot of people know about a financial planner. They know about an account. They know about a lawyer. But if they find themselves in debt, they often don't know where to turn. And they don't know that a licensed insolvency trustee is federally licensed, federally regulated, an all-inclusive code of ethics. Um, you know, you have recourse. If anything didn't go according to plan, you know, you, you can basically talk to the LIT's regulator. But an LIT is someone that's going to be able to help you navigate any situation where you're feeling uncomfortable about your debts. So it's not a foregone conclusion that if you sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee, you're going to be filing a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. Uh, you know, a majority of people that we sit down with, we're able to help them either figure things out under their own steam or help them perhaps refinance or find another solution. Um, but we're going to give you all that information at no charge. We're going to give you the straight goods, just like we do on this show every week, Elaine, of, you know, what are your legal rights and remedies when it comes to a debt? It's going to be specific to your situation, to your debts on a case-by-case basis. What does it mean to you? We're going to help you understand whether a debt is collectible. So even though a collection agent might be threatening you on a 10-year-old debt, we'll sit down with you and say, well, the statute of limitations is actually two years in BC. Here's all the little things about how, well, you might have some uncertainty versus not. But we're going to arm you with that information so you can make a better decision. We're going to tell you what you can do if you just can't pay your debts. You know, do you need to formally file or what can be done to you if you know someone takes legal action against you? But essentially, and all-encompassing, we're going to give you free, impartial advice that's going to give you the knowledge uh, and information about the debt solutions that are going to help you out of a tough situation. I want to throw in here, too, before we talk about the red flags when it comes to these professionals, uh, I want to give you the phone number for Sands & Associates. They have offices all over British Columbia. It's 1-800-661-3030. Their website, sands-trustee.com. Uh, you can set up that first opportunity to sit down and start to figure out your best next steps if you're feeling like you need to do something that things aren't quite gelling the way they should be. This is a terrific place to start. So let's go back to those red flags, Blair. Um, what are the things that we need to pay attention to or should show up when we're dealing with these, uh, these four uh, financial people? Yeah, anytime you're dealing with a financial professional, I think first off, you got to trust your gut. You know, generally our intuition, sometimes we don't listen to it when we should. So really, if that little voice inside you or that feeling in your stomach is telling you something that doesn't feel comfortable, there could be something there. And that's a good indication you want to dive a little bit deeper. Um, I think you really want to make sure that the professional take the time to listen to you and understand your situation. Or do they seem in a hurry and they're just trying to, you know, fit you into a, a pretty predefined box, so to speak? Um, do they make the time and space to let you ask your questions and fully understand the answers? Um, you know, do you feel like you're being engaged in high pressure sales tactics or aggressive sales tactics? Is this, you know, a limited time offer? Well, if you don't sign today, I'm not going to spend any more time on this. Um, you know, these are all the types of things you'd never get from Sands and Associates. But when we hear from other uh, clients who have dealt with other debt health professionals, sometimes they felt pressured to sign in that moment. Um, there was a false sense of urgency that was created. Uh, you know, you also need to look at who you're working with. What are their credentials? You know, are they accredited either in BC or across the whole country? And then finally, if something seems too good to be true, so, you know, if someone's promising you, you know, instant credit repair or we can help you reduce your debts, it's not going to hit your credit at all. Uh, that's just not going to happen ever in this world. If you 
have to restructure your debt. The price of restructuring your debt is that your credit does take a hit. It's certainly more short term and less severe than people think, but there's no way to restructure your debt without your credit taking even a partial hit. So any promise that you can restructure your debt without a credit impact is just completely false and should send you running the other way. Yeah. And I like I like the fact that you've you've included that option, like get a second opinion. If this doesn't feel right, if this information doesn't feel good, there's nothing standing in your way to getting a second opinion. And it's such a good idea in a, in a situation like this. Oh, absolutely true, Elaine. And, you know, sometimes even if you've met with an LIT, for example, and you didn't feel, you know, so comfortable in that meeting, we've been the second opinion for so many clients. You've met with a different LIT. They've come to us and said, okay, we feel more comfortable. We understand things a little bit better now. We're, we're good to go. But definitely any professional you're dealing with, they're not the only game in town. So it really is, do you feel that connection? Do you feel that caring, that empathy? You know, being in debt is not a comfortable situation. You want to make sure whoever you're dealing with is going to be understanding and is going to have, you know, the professional professional qualifications to help you deal with the situation, not spin wheels for a number of months, leave you in a worse spot than when you started. Yeah, such good advice, Blair. Also, check out their website. Sands and Associates just gives you so much good information right off the bat. You don't even have to call anybody, and you can access this at sands-trustee.com or give them a call at 1-800-661-3030 and set up that first meeting, as well as find an office near you. And I just want to remind you, they've got offices all over British Columbia. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. And with us on the line is John Manson. He's an estate manager with Sands & Associates, has uh, 12 years of personal insolvency experience. He's pretty dedicated to providing his Sands & Associates clients all the tools they require to manage and overcome some pretty challenging financial situations. Uh, John specializes in personal insolvency, helps clients understand the often very daunting and misunderstood aspects of debt resolution. That's what we're going to talk about. John says, the most important part of my job is informing people of the laws around dealing with debt and how it affects their situation. Such a great topic, John, and thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. So uh, to start things off, can you tell me a little bit about how you came to work in insolvency? Because it's kind of a unique, a unique career choice. Absolutely. Yeah. So no, it, it definitely was. It was never really on my radar growing up. I didn't really know a whole lot about it. I remember kind of the first time hearing about a consumer proposal, I was like, well, that sounds too good to be true. It doesn't really make sense. But um, as I've been doing this for the last 12 years, I just see it working better and better for people. And yeah, really, I, I just remember growing up always loving numbers, loving finances and being really interested in that area. Uh, and then once I realized that I was able to put that together with also just helping people out in their daily lives, I was really excited to find the industry. So, oh, that's, that's awesome, John. And, and I, we've worked together for a number of years. I think you even predate me at, at the firm. I think you were there, you know, a few months before I had joined. And I know now, you know, your current role is an estate manager, and that's obviously a term that we know exactly what that means. But for listeners out there, can you give a sense, you know, what does it mean to be an estate manager? What is your day-to-day typically like? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I'm normally working with people. So I, you know, I take a phone call or call somebody up if they're having a, a stressful situation, dealing with some debts, and just kind of walk them through their options and tell them how things work and how it affects them and, you know, try and make them feel at ease and, you know, avoid judgment and things that way because nobody wants to feel like they're, you know, getting a phone call saying, you know, you did this wrong and that wrong or anything that way. We just like to, you know, make people feel like they're, you know, their situation is understandable. They've gotten to that place over, you know, a long period of time. It's not that they, again, did anything bad. It's just that they're in a tough situation that, that is actually resolvable, which is so nice for people to hear when they, when they get that first information. Yeah, I guess that, that idea of people, sometimes they can feel like it's, it's an impossible situation that I'm up against. And from my experience, you know, sometimes they can feel a little bit ashamed of what got them there. And so we talk a lot on the show about, you know, the free initial consultation. Um, so it sounds to me, you know, one of your jobs in the state manager is doing that uh, quite often. Can you tell me how you, you really structure that initial consultation? So what's your approach if you're getting the phone call or if you're meeting somebody in person? You know, what do you do first, second, third how does that meeting unfold yeah yeah so i usually give somebody a call or join you know join in on a zoom meeting so we can do it that way as well uh and i i always like to start out just you know asking people for a bit of a story about what brought them in to us what made them call us or made them you know look into this kind of situation um i I personally, I'm a storyteller. I, I love also hearing stories from people, but uh, you know, I think people really feel a lot better knowing that we're we're here to listen. We're not here to again to judge in any way. Um, we just want to find out, you know, what led to this situation, and then from there, I can usually structure an idea of, of how we can get it taken care of and, and get it off their shoulders. Uh, you know, I also like to you know give people. A, a helping ear to listen to them because oftentimes they've been struggling on the, for the, you know struggling with this they've been dealing with it alone they haven't been able to tell friends or family members because of their feelings around it so just being able to finally get it out there and start talking about it and um, I always find it you know I try and make it as as fun and 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 relaxed as possible when I meet with people. But, you know, the, the few times I do, I, I talk to people and they, you know, they instantly start crying. I, I always stop them. I say, listen, I'm a crier myself. I, you know, I, if, if I'm talking, I'm crying harder. So I'll give you a break. I'll tell you a little bit. So I, you know, try and make it as easy as possible for people to be able to tell us their story and tell us what's going on. And then I tell them, you know, most likely I'll be able to give you some good news, make you feel a whole lot better about the situation, and we can start talking about the, the next steps to actually dealing with this debt. How do you find that the clients tend, tend to react in that in initial meeting? Um, do you find there's a bit of a transition, a bit of a relaxing over time? or something? I know every client is different, uh, but how, how do you see those meetings and, and the clients react to your approach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, by the end of it, I, f I find people are just that much more comfortable with me. They're, you know, asking me uh, questions about my life. And, you know, it, we, I just want it to be as, as an easy as a conversation as possible. Uh, and, you know, when I hear it in people's voices, and that's, you know, the 
interesting thing about doing phone calls and stuff but hearing it in people's voices or seeing seeing them uh, seeing them in person in a way on on zoom so seeing on their face just the the amount of stress they are instantly feeling relieved of and you know how much more comfortable they are with everything is is so nice for me i you know i always do like to feel that i'm i'm trying to help people as, as best i can so when i felt like i've already you know taken that first step and helped out knowing that it will probably just get better and better from there as we have more meetings and more conversations it's it's just a really nice setup to to start the whole process for people John, I, I just want to jump in here. Um, it's not often you hear somebody doing the kind of work that you do for an organization like Sands and Associates and have, I mean, we talk, Blair and I talk about this all the time, the empathetic ear that, uh, so many people at Sands have when they talk to clients. But my gosh, you seem, uh, like you go over and above to really, really listen to folks and give them the best hand that they can possibly get sort of before the actual physical things. Oh, you, we need to do this, this, and this. Um, you, it sounds like you come from a place of experience and knowledge and wisdom. And, and boy, what a, what a great, uh, thing that is to have in your work on a day to day basis. Yeah, well, and, and thank you so much. I appreciate the nice words there. And, um, you know, I, I, I know from talking to the other people that work here and uh, all the friends that I, that I have in this company, um, I find almost everyone is just so amazing. So, uh, you know, understanding and their, their calm demeanors and even just hearing their voices. Like I'll call somebody that I work with and just talk to them about this or that, or, um, you know, a tough thing in my life and just hearing them talk is, is so nice. So, you know, I, I find that almost everyone in Sands is like that, but yeah, my, you know, my mom always says I'm the best. So I tell people that all the time as well. (laughs) You know, again, I, I like to, you know, make jokes and, and kind of bring all that into it just to, again, ease the tension and, and make people realize they're in a, a really safe and comfortable place. That's always been my approach to it. Well, that's wonderful. And I'm so happy to have you on the show today, John, just even for that, for the listeners to know that when when they do have a consultation with Sands, you know, it's a real person that you're meeting with. It's a person with a personality who seeks to understand first and not, you know, bang you into a solution that may or may not fit. It's just really understanding, you know, what's your situation, what are your objectives, and listening, you know, to all the circumstances and empathizing is just so important. So, I'm, yeah, I'm just so happy to hear you describe that, that approach. Uh, you mentioned, John, as well, it's a little bit more difficult now over the phone and with COVID. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit, you know, since, the, you know, gosh, our world has changed since March 2020. Before then, you were meeting everybody face to face. How is your approach now, you know, seeing people over Zoom, telephone, you're still able to connect in the same way or things a little bit different? Yeah, so it definitely has changed. I feel like people can sometimes be that much more, um, you know, in a little bit worried or, or, or it's hard for them to, to really open up right away when they meet with me. And, you know, when, when I was meeting with people in person, they could see, you know, my, uh, I always had a smile on, I have calm demeanor around me to, to try and make them feel a little bit more relaxed. But without that, I find that, you know, that the big thing I've always heard is, you know, if you're talking to people with a smile, they can really tell the difference of, of if you're talking without a smile. So I, I try and make sure 
sure that I'm doing that when I'm talking to people. And, uh, you know, again, even just telling them uh, stories about my life and, and my struggles and, um, and my family struggles and things that I, cause oftentimes people are, again, they're, they're so worried to tell somebody something or, or open up to a, a complete stranger. But, uh, I find if I'm able to introduce a little bit about myself, then people feel a little bit more at ease telling me about their situation and their story. And, uh, again, I always love hearing a, a new story and, um, uh, it's just incredible what some of these people that I work with and these clients that I talk to that they, the stuff that they go through is just, it sounds like, uh, like even with a 10 minute conversation, I feel like I'm tired and I'm like stressed out just hearing about what they're going through. So, you know, but I, I do appreciate it when people are finally able to open up and tell me all that stuff, uh, and to get to that comfort level with people is a, a really special thing in my opinion. I think that's outstanding, John. You and I, we spoke before the segment, and I said, you know, in the past, I've been open with clients. You know, I've stopped drinking for seven years. been a good decision. So when people have trouble with alcohol, I can empathize with that. Um, you said, you know, you've been comfortable sharing some of, of your challenges. And if you're, if you're comfortable elaborating a little bit, I think clients would really uh, could, could be helped by understanding who they're meeting with is also someone. Yeah, none of us have an easy ride, you know. Of course. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, I find so many people, they call and they're, you know, they're struggling with, with health problems, whether it's, it's, you know, physical or mental health problems or anything that way. And, um, unfortunately still in our world, there is this stigma around mental health. And I've, you know, I've tried to tell people in my, in my friend group, in my family about my struggles, my family's struggles. Um, I, I've personally, personally clinically diagnosed as, as OCD. I've got two brothers diagnosed as bipolar. And I, so I see that stuff and I see the struggle that comes with it every day and the, the stress and the anxiety around just everyday life, let alone also dealing with large amounts of debts that could just feel so overpowering and, and cause those things. And then again, people usually feel a little bit more comfortable with telling me their issues and their mental health problems, because it is, it's something that so many people struggle with that it needs to get out there. And it's so, in wrapping up this segment, I just want to mention, you know, John Manson, a pretty extraordinary guy, but I, I have to say over the years of doing this show with Blair that um, there are so many extraordinary people who work at Sands & Associates who can help you uh, on this path as you figure out your debt situation and figure out the, the best steps to take uh, in dealing with it. Uh, I want to mention the website again. It's sands-trustee.com, or you can give them a call at 1-800-661-3030 for that uh, first consultation, as well as to find an office near you. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Uh, we continue on uh, this segment with John Manson, who's an estate manager with Sands & Associates, has a dozen years of personal insolvency experience, so lots and lots of time in the seat. He's pretty dedicated to providing Sands & Associates clients all the tools they require to manage and overcome some pretty challenging financial situations. Um, John, can you kind of give us a, an idea of how your day looks like, a day in the life of John Manson when he's at work? 
Yes, yes, I can. So, Perfect. Um, so normally I, you know, I come in, I, I take a look at a calendar and I'll have, you know, I'll have an initial consultation to start out the day and just kind of go over people's options with them, really try and make them feel more comfortable about, you know, where they are and the options that are out there and are available to get them to a better place in the future. Uh, and then maybe right after that, I'll have a, a second meeting with somebody where, uh, you know, again, sometimes it's, it's to go over their options and and talk a little bit more about that answer some questions they might have had from the first meeting uh you know a lot of times we get into a, a lot of stuff and there's you know a lot of information that i'm able to provide people in the first meeting but oftentimes people you know they'll, they'll they won't f- remember certain sections of it or certain things that we talked about or maybe just want clarification or maybe they found something online that they just wanted to double check with us and and those are always welcome questions. We want people to totally understand the situation, feel completely comfortable before they actually move forward and, and get any, everything signed. Um, and then sometimes the second meeting is just going over their application form that they fill out for us, which, you know, just ask them questions about their debts, their assets, their income, all the stuff that we have usually at least talked a little bit about in that initial consultation uh, and then once we have that application filled out in full and we have any backup documentation just to confirm things like pay stubs a piece of ID that sort of thing uh, then I'm able to schedule them a signing appointment where uh, normally the sign-up appointment is done in, over zoom so we can see each other we can go over all the documents I bring up the the legal forms that they have to sign with us to get the whole process started and I'll walk them through all of it once again again just explaining the whole process making sure they're comfortable making sure sure they know exactly what they're doing what they're getting into and what they're signing on that day Uh, because if if anyone doesn't feel fully comfortable with signing it then we don't like to sign those documents i've had meetings where i've said you know what let's think things over let's take some more time let's just have another conversation just to make sure you understand everything otherwise some people are more than happy to get things moving forward they just want these phone calls to stop they um once they sign with us they no longer get the phone calls from their creditors they don't get any more letters or emails or any of those things that are you know driving people wild up the wall and and stressing so much about i you know it that kind of thing is so nice for people they sign the documents and almost always i just hear this ah, this sigh of relief at the end of the meeting and they're just so happy and uh and so appreciative of of what we do here and and how we've been able to work it out with them that they're just so excited to start the process and put this all behind them so it sounds john like your, your day is pretty dedicated to one client after another client like you're their interface with the insolvency system and i think for clients as well, for them to know, like once they contact SANS, if they meet with you, you're going to be continuing on with them from the start. They don't have to, you know, tell their story a number of different times. They've got someone that's going to help shepherd them through the process. So I think that that's good for clients to know. I was curious, John, because you've been meeting with clients for you know, a large number of years here. What are the types of situations that tend to bring people in, in to see us? Because before I got into insolvency, I assumed, you know, it must be just a whole lot of mismanagement, people just making mistakes that in hindsight were clearly, you know, they should have made different decisions decisions, my eyes have certainly been opened. Can you tell me a little bit about the situation that you've seen with your clients? Yeah, for sure. So, and and yeah, and you know what, really at the end of the day, there are people like that as well, right? They come in and they've just, 
you know, they've spent a little bit more than they should have. They were maybe a little bit young and didn't understand what they were getting into when they were spending money on these credit cards or didn't realize that, you know, a $20,000 credit card when you're making thirty, $40,000 a year is a, a, a pretty big mountain to, uh, of debt to really get into. So, uh, you know, a lot of times that, that can be the case. Otherwise, I think more commonly, we hear of people that have really had tough things happen to them. They, they've lost their job recently. Somebody, a, a family member might have passed away just recently that, you know, made things really tough for them or they had to travel to go visit the family and, and really mourn with everyone for things like that. Uh, or they're dealing with a medical condition or, you know, potentially losing work or being off work for periods of time that, you know, these are things that nobody really expects or a a global pandemic that jumps out of nowhere and um, you know the amount of people that we saw that that were struggling and and dealing with all that and going from you know three thousand dollars a month as their regular income while they were working to now just getting the two thousand dollar CERB or CRB amounts uh, you know that was a, a huge change for a lot of people where they were finding they were able to make their payments and everything seemed fine for the time. But then as soon as that change happened, well, now things are a lot tighter, a lot more difficult. And then all of a sudden that goes out the window and some people still aren't able to get back to work or find another position um, or, you know, people that are close to retirement, but not quite at the age where they can start to receive those retirement benefits uh, are oftentimes having a hard time finding employment in the industry that they used to be in or making the same amount that they did before all of this happened. Uh, So obviously situations like that, they're not able to pay back these debts in a a short time or a, a a time that makes sense to them. So they're just looking at trying to get some help and uh, get things taken care of and off their shoulders. From my experience, John, a lot of clients can feel like, you know, they're the only person in the world that's facing that, that fact pattern. In some cases they are, but I think people just hearing what you've laid out, you know, these are a bunch of circumstances that, you know, how could you have planned for? You couldn't. So the more kind we can be to ourselves with things outside of our control, it just allows us to move forward, you know, a little bit more quickly. Um, I know we're down to our last couple minutes in the in this segment here. Uh, I'm curious, John, if there's a couple of case studies that, have, you know, recent people you might have met with or, or helped in the past that really stand out just to help the listeners understand, okay, you're going to start off strong, of course, you're going to meet with John, you're going to feel valued, um, not judged you're going to get a good solution. But can you tell us a little bit more in specifics about a couple clients you've helped? For sure, yeah. So and uh, I, I bring up somebody I actually met with just yesterday. Um, I saw, saw a meeting. It was with one. It looked like it was with one person. I sent them a Zoom link. I jump on the meeting. It turns out it's a couple. Um, they're 72 and 73 years old, I believe. And retired, pension income, fixed income every single month and dealing with a large amount of debt that they both somehow just kind of accumulated over the years. Uh, And within about five minutes, we're laughing, we're joking together, we're just kind of chatting and and talking about life. And, um, and at the by the end of it, they felt so comfortable, they were so happy to hear that they could file a bankruptcy, clear their debts, 
pay a minimum amount of money over a short period of time and just move on with their lives and, you know, live out the rest of their lives in peace and, and happiness. And um, it, a lot of times I get people around that age that are joking that they don't have that much time left. And I always say, you know, of course, we want you here as long as possible. But again, the, the time that you have left on this earth is, you know, it is short. It's short for everyone. And so you may as well be in a positive place, a happy place to deal with it if that's all you have left. Uh, and then one one person I spoke to just the other day, she filed a proposal about two years ago. Uh, she was so happy at that time and then was working, but found that she could barely do the job that she had at the time. Just, you know, waking up in the morning was tough, knowing that she had all this debt. And as soon as she filed with us, she felt so much better. She went in, she applied for a, an upper management job, got it, almost doubled her salary and was able to pay her five-year proposal off in about two years. And now she's just focusing on rebuilding her credit, hoping she can buy a home in the future and, and really get her life back in her own hands. Two great examples from John Manson, uh, who's an estate manager with Sands & Associates, has over a dozen years of experience doing this work. If he's somebody that you want to work with, Sands & Associates is the place to go. Uh, their website, sands-trustee.com, the phone number, 1-800-661-3030. And uh, just a reminder, you're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. This segment's all about checking in on your personal debt, why you should and how to do that. It's a great segment to start looking for clues that maybe you could use some help. So do you know where you stand when it comes to your personal debt? When was the last time you checked in on your debt repayment plan? So we're going to talk with Blair, of course, licensed insolvency trustee from Sands & Associates, talking about some key factors to think about, consider when you evaluate your personal debt situation and why it's so important to do so. And let's start with that. Why do you think it's so important for people to do a personal debt check-in, Blair? I can't imagine it's the easiest thing for folks to take on, but you think it's pretty important. Yeah, I do think it's important, Elaine. You know, it's just like the regular checkup with your doctor, your dentist, your routine vehicle maintenance. You know, yeah, you can skip that stuff, but after a period of time, it's going to be pay now or pay later. And usually the pay later is a whole lot more expensive and painful. If you skip the maintenance, you just end up paying more in the end. And with your finances, it's so easy. It's very simple just to navigate on financial autopilot, you know, just to keep things happening the same way they were, make all your minimums, you know, don't look at the bigger picture. And it's the famous adage that if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. And if you don't mm. set your financial goals very deeply, have a focus on them, you know, you're not going to be having the achievements that you could have over a 10 or 20 year period unless you've really got those goals set out. So it's really important to check in all the time to have your goals to see if you're trending towards them and just to see also, you know, how are you feeling about your debt? Because from our experience, you know, that's the number one warning sign about debt. It's not, a, you know, a mathematical calculation is the same in everybody's situation. It's more, you know, are you feeling overwhelming stress about your finances? You know, sometimes it's physical, emotional or psychological impacts. You know, are you having worry, anxiety, fear about money and your debt? 
Are you alienating yourself from family because you're embarrassed or stressed about spending on debt? You don't go out to things because you're worried about you know paying for them after, or you do go out and then you spend you know days being depressed after, knowing that when you put on the credit card, you won't be able to pay off. Are you having arguments with your spouses, uh, with your spouse or other people in your life um, about your money, about spending or different things? And are you feeling frustrated or constantly worried about your debt? So if any of those boxes are being ticked, you'd benefit from having, you know, even just an exploratory discussion with a financial professional. It might be the case you're in great shape. You're just worrying about nothing, but you're going to feel a whole lot better having that validated. Oftentimes, the reason you're worrying is because something is telling you, you know, yeah, really, I'm not on a good path. Uh, I'm not going to be achieving my goals here. And it's time to do something different. And reaching out for that consultation can make all the difference and starting to sleep better at night and feeling good about working towards some financial goals. Are there some, you know, write down on paper kind of steps that somebody can take when they're when they're thinking about or wanting to do that personal debt check in? Definitely. There's a few really important things to encourage everybody to do. And some of these, you know, you should do them at least once a year, or maybe twice a year. Uh, the first one, I don't think this would be a surprise to a whole lot of folks, but it's to check your credit history. So I don't recommend that, you know, you pay for the monthly credit monitoring. I don't recommend that you do this on a daily, weekly, or even monthly basis. But at least once a year, or maybe even twice a year, it's well worth it to reach out to both credit bureaus in Canada. One's called Equifax. The other is TransUnion. They each have a credit report or credit history report on you. And quite often you'll find that are inaccurate, maybe not reporting appropriately. Um, or you might find that everything is just hunky-dory and it's just good to see that everything is, is out there and accurate. But be very careful because there's a couple different ways you can access your credit report. It's not going to ding your credit. When you check your credit, it doesn't put any marks against you. So if you've heard that, don't check your credit because it'll go down. That's only if you're going to various places trying to borrow money and they checked your credit. That's what's called a hard hit. But you checking your credit yourself is just a soft hit. It doesn't do anything to it. Um, but you can get your credit report either online from either Equifax or TransUnion. Um, they have various promotions at various times. Sometimes they'll give you free access and I only encourage you to ever get it if it's free online. But by mail, uh, you have the ability to get a credit report sent to you, long-form credit report, at least once a year just by sending away to each of the credit bureaus. And if you go to sands-trustee.com, down at the bottom of our homepage, there's a client resources page, uh, and we've got a link to the form that you send away to both credit bureaus, and they'll send you your long-form credit report and a form to correct any inaccuracies that might be on there. So definitely something you should do at least once a year, get your credit report from both credit bureaus. And, and what about your credit score, Blair? Is that an important thing to check? In a word, no. And this is pretty surprising to people, and I, I know <laughs> that. Oh, my gosh, I've got an 800 credit score or 650 or it just dropped and all these commercials that we see, all my scores down 20 points. What does that mean? It yeah. is the largest misdirection trick I think I've seen in years in the financial industry because each of the credit bureaus, the credit score that they calculate it's fictional. It's not used by any lender. Every lender is going to calculate their own credit score. It can be significantly different from lender to lender because they choose which factors they're going to put more or less weight on uh, depending on their business practice. So whatever you're getting, it's not going to be perfectly accurate and it can change very rapidly, even in the space of a month, depending on when your creditors actually report into the bureaus. If you're getting your credit score before they've reported or after they've reported in, it can be very different. So I encourage you, you know, if you're getting close to, you know, a mortgage um, or, you know, a car loan or things like that, okay, maybe sit down with the, with the creditor uh, and just figure out, okay, what are factors are important to them when they're going to calculate your credit score. But having this regular monitoring, having this three-digit number, it really doesn't have any basis in reality. So I encourage people not to focus at all on that credit score number. 
Okay. Listen, if, if you're already wanting to take some action and get a hold of Blair at Sands and Associates and any of his fabulous staff in, in all their offices throughout the province, 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number. Uh, if you've already got a sense that you want to, you want a place to start. And, and that's what I suggest is that's the phone number to use to get a hold of them. What about checking in on your budget? Uh, I guess first thing would be to have a budget, I bet, mm-hmm. is what you might say. <laughs> That's generally a best practice. So if you <laughs> yeah. don't have a budget, uh, generally recommend that you do so. And, you know, you don't, there's various iterations of a budget. Some people are really down to the penny. Some people, it's, you know, just some large categories of spending. But it's very important not only to have a budget, but where things tend to fall off is when you revisit that budget at the end of the month and put the actuals beside what you actually had planned. So if you've got a budget, but you're not revisiting that on a monthly basis and seeing did you track towards it or not, you don't really have a budget at that point. You're not really getting the benefit um, of doing all of that activity if you're not actually comparing actual to what you had planned. Um, and what often happens if you're not doing that comparison where the gap is created is in your savings. Savings is often the last thing to get done each month. And if you're not living within your budget, it's your savings that are often going to take the hit. So in the last couple of minutes here, when it comes to looking at our debts or, or my debts, what are some of the areas that I should be looking out for really closely? I think one of the really key things is to categorize your debt. And, you know, we can be a, a little bit lighthearted about it and call it, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, but it's not that far off. You know, there are good debt. There's debt that you incur with the expectation of a future benefit. So something like a student loan, for example, you're borrowing that money because you expect your earning capacity is going to pay it off. That should be good debt. A mortgage should be similar to that as long as you haven't overpaid. Um, The bad debt is debt for things that have lost their value very quickly or maybe instantly. So, you know, just general consumption, you know, a night out or a vacation, you know, you might have really enjoyed it. But a non-essential credit card purchase where you're going to be carrying a balance, um, that's typically, you know, a bad debt. It's something you'd like to avoid. Um, The ugly is two categories here, payday loans or installment loans where the debts are 39, 40, 50%, something so high, or government debt. If you're facing either of those situations, you should get some professional help in the short term because the payday loan interest is going to keep you trapped in debt for quite some time. And if it's an amount owing to the government, uh, you could be very surprised how quickly and aggressively the government might start to take action against you. You'll want to be aware of what can happen and take some, some plans to forestall that if you can. And in the last couple of seconds here, Blair, I know you've got the best suggestion for anybody who isn't feeling very confident after they've done that check-in or they want a second opinion. Absolutely. It's reach out to Sands and Associates, connect with a licensed insolvency trustee for no charge, as little as, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. We're going to assess the whole situation, um, help you understand what you're dealing with and how you can move forward, have a much better financial future. The number, again, is 1-800-661-3030 to book your free confidential debt consultation. And you're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.